Just want to thank you for being here this morning. My name is John Breen. I'm your host for the next 52 minutes or so. No real estate question of the day. So that gives us a couple extra minutes together here today. And I think we have a lot of topics to bounce around with. And I'm looking forward to bouncing around with you as we discuss the insanity of this world. Not only American society, but the world at large. It's really a a crazy place. And if you don't believe me, just look over to Shanghai where they're trying to have a zero COVID rate where they're locking people in their apartments for weeks at a time, killing their animals, and everyone there is asymptomatic. But they believe they can have uh, a zero COVID society. So that is tyranny at its best. So we're in this world, they're in that world, and it's insane everywhere in between. I do want to hear from you this morning, though, at 766-1380-769-0600, and of course, toll-free, 1-800-949-9674. And you can even email the radio show here at Upfront at WNRI.com. Excuse me. Before we get into the meat of the program, I just want to do a little... Promo for an event coming up for the uh, Winsocket Rotary. Winsocket Rotary will hold a touch a truck event on Saturday, May 7th from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. at Holy, Par- Holy Trinity Parish, 1409 Park Ave. Free admission allows children and their families the opportunity to touch, climb, and take pictures with unique trucks, emergency vehicles, and construction equipment. Along with meeting their operators who will be available for questions and some demonstrations. Additional activities will be available. Drink and food vendors will be on site throughout the event. And here's the really cool part. A sensory hour will be held from 10 to 11 a.m. for those in need. Participants of the event will offer special accommodations for one hour of no lights or sirens to create a sensory-friendly environment and calming hour. So come on out. We're going to have really cool stuff. We'll have the uh, Life Flight helicopter there if you've been before. We'll have uh, other movie vehicles that have always been big hits there. There'll be a canine demonstration. So come on down to the Touch a Truck event Saturday, May 7th from 10 to 3 at Holy Trinity Parish. Okay, let's get into the meat of our conversations this morning. And I'm going to start with an announcement that was made last night. An announcement was made that a nearby Senator Jessica De La Cruz is dropping out of the CD2 race. And really, it just comes down to money. I think she had a great deal of grassroots support. I think she had a great deal of of people who were willing to campaign for her and recognize her message of someone who is not a a party, uh, you know, a, a, a party ensconced individual, one of the political establishment here in Rhode Island, someone who, you know, you want to have someone in Congress that thinks like you, talks like you, lives like you. And believe me, that is not something you see in Congress much anymore. And I think Jessica De La Cruz really, really represented that. But it comes down, of course, to everything else in politics and campaigns, it comes down to money. And money was an issue with fundraising. Of course, you know, you've got, on the Republican side, a pretty limited pool of funds. You've got Alan Fung, the former mayor of Cranston, running. 
and there's uh, former state representative Bob Lancia and Senator De La Cruz. And she decided to drop out and endorse Fung, which I think is a great move. I think Alan Fung is poised to take Congressional District 2 for a whole host of reasons. But last night she dropped out, suspended her campaign, and said, after deep thought, prayer, and conversations with my family, which of course are the most important, I've decided to suspend my congressional campaign. She believes Mayor Fung now represents the best chance for Rhode Island to send a Republican to Congress, and he has my full endorsement. So Senator Jessica De La Cruz drops out of the CD2 race with much grace and much class, and congratulations to her. Definitely appreciate her willingness to do it. And I think that's what it comes down to. It's about willingness. It's about willing to step up. It's about willing to put your name out there. Because running for office is hard. But it's worth it. It's worth it if you believe in the causes you believe in. If you believe that we can do better. If you believe that it's time for change. Well, then get out there and do it. Good morning and welcome to the Upfront Show. Everything you said, I, I hot, hotly believe the same way. And um, she is a person that's doing the right thing. And in politics, there are too few that even vote for what is the right thing to do rather than uh, the things that won't hurt your vote getting. You know, voting... Uh, because uh, you won't offend people, even though it's a wrong thing, is not right. No, I, I, think I you agree. You know what I understand. And, uh, you know, some of us that were neophytes um, were hurt, uh, I think, drastically because there are certain ways that, that, that I didn't know about when I started that you only vote for yourself. And I never felt that way because I felt if I feel this competent people, I will vote, even though it takes away from me. But across the board, there are many practices that are wrong. And it's too sad in our country that very competent people are hindered by the, by the buck, the almighty buck. But hopefully it'll get better. Um, I pray on the special day that people will think twice. And one message I want to give, our children are being exposed to things that are beyond, really, very young ones beyond the comprehension. And I think that's why a lot of our students, middle school people now, live in a state of not really understanding and fearing. Well, it's the, it's, it's, it's the adults, the ones that are supposed to be looking out for the children that, in my opinion, in so many, in so many examples, are failing kids and are, for some reason, what I don't understand, and we're going to talk about this a little bit later on, it seems to me that adults are seeking affirmation from very young children for their ideological beliefs and trying to push onto them their ideological beliefs at such a young and tender age. And what that, in my opinion, does is that means we're just failing these kids, and it's really And, it's and really I'll leave sad. you with one more thing. I, I educator uh, till the age of 70, and I believe people, teachers, should present all sides. They are preaching 
too much of their own ideology in the classroom, and that is wrong. That is for certain. Thank you so much for the call. I appreciate Have it. A Have a great day. day. Good morning, and welcome to the Upfront Show. Good morning, John. I want to switch gears a little bit on you. How are you doing? Good morning. How are you? I will say this. If Elon Musk buys Twitter, that will be Christmas Day for me. I agree with you 100%, and that is another topic that we're going to hit a little bit later. And uh, and I cannot believe what has happened in the last 24 hours regarding the possibility of Elon Musk putting up $43 billion for Twitter. It's amazing. If, if you're going to touch it later, I'll, 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 uh, let me switch gears back then. I'll talk about the CD2 race. So I think I, I love Sarah Dela Cruz, uh, um, you know, a really good state senator. And as soon as she announced, I said, I said to myself, I hope you just stay in the Senate. You're, 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 it's, that's the right place for you right now. And that, that's not a personal decision. That's not my decision. But I'm glad she made the decision. I think Fung's a great guy. I think that he's going to have to take, uh, he, he, if he doesn't take Cranston and Warwick, those are going to, that's where, that, that is really the heart of that campaign, CD2, Cranston and Warwick. I think, the coastal communities are gone. They're going to go right for Magazine or, or whoever the Democrats end up putting up. But I, I really, I, I fully endorse Fung. And I think, you know what, the thing is about Fung, Magazine was out saying, oh, we can't have another Republican in Congress. But if you look at Fung, he's as moderate of a Republican as you can get. He'd probably be a Democrat in most states. Am I right? Yeah, Alan Fung is no is no hardcore right uh, righty when it comes to being a Republican. He is definitely much more of the moderate Republican ideology for, for certain. And he's definitely someone that's much more willing to um, reach across the aisle than a lot of Republicans. And I think that, you know, I, I think Alan Fung has got something going for him, too, as well. And I think what that is, is that, you know, he, he ran for governor twice. And I think, you know, he came, he came close, so very close a couple of times. And I think at this point, there's something in politics where people go into the, the ballot, you know, the voting booth and they say, you know, I'm going to give him a shot this time. I owe him one. He, he earned it. He deserved it. He's been there. And I think that there's a lot of that going on. And I think a lot of people uh, will probably see Magaziner as an opportunist and Fung is someone who's worked hard and really, you know, tried hard in this state and good for, you know, Alan's run a couple of statewide campaigns. So just having to just do half the state now in CD2 shouldn't be hard. He's got the suburban, uh, all the suburban cities and towns, you know, Warwick is, is, is definitely a uh, conservative and, and is becoming more of a conservative city. And I think he's going to lock up Cranston. I, I, I think Alan Fung has the best chance to have uh, Rhode Island Senate Republicans since Ron Makeley. I really do. Yeah. One more thing on Fung is I've met him a few times throughout the years. And I ran into him last year at the Situate Art Festival. And I hadn't seen him in about a year and a half. And he remembered my name. You know what I mean? And to me, I was like, how do you remember my, like, he has like a photo, like, he can actually personally connect with voters, you know what I'm saying? And uh, I, I just think that that person, I, yeah, anyway, I just think he, uh, uh, in politics where there's so many really kind of seedy people, I think he's one of the few that really kind of bubbles to the top as far as just being a good, solid dude. So, absolutely. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, I'll leave you this. Uh, have a great weekend. Uh, have I, a good well, I, have a, I do have a question for you. If you're, if you've been, 
uh, reading Tulsi Gabbard's tweets over the last 24 hours regarding free speech, regarding Elon Musk, and regarding why liberals are freaking out over Elon Musk trying to purchase Twitter. It's just been beautiful. I mean, I, I you know, some people have various opinions about Tulsi Gabbard that I don't really understand, other than the fact that I think she's awesome. Uh, I think she's inspirational. And if you are, do have social media, go out, go to at Tulsi Gabbard and check out what she's been saying about free speech. I think it's awesome. I'm, do- I'm going to do it now. Thanks, John. All right, Tulsi you bet. 2024. Have a good one. You Bye. bet. Bye-bye. And, you know, the call is right about Alan Fung. Um, he's a really down-to-earth guy. Him and I sat, when he first ran for governor, him and I sat during Autumn Fest after the parade at the bar uh, at the Broster House. And we sat and we ate some chicken. And we spoke for a while and he asked me if I would support him in his first run for governor. And I said, yeah. Yeah, I will. And I did. And so... Uh, I think Alan's going to do just fine. But I do agree with the previous caller. Senator Jessica De La Cruz is a great Rhode Island state senator. The Senate needs balance. It is going way too progressive. And I'll be talking about that in a little bit. But I think that she is well served being in the Senate and trying to hold the line. Look, somebody has to hold the line over there. Good morning and welcome to the Upfront Show. Good morning, John. First of all, I hope everybody has a nice Easter weekend. I have never personally met Alan Fung. I, I met his predecessor, though, but um, he seems like a good guy. I, I back him. But I, I bring, I'm bring up an old subject here that I brought up before because I did a lot of digging and everything, and I found out the state's plan to switch the electrical system completely to wind and solar. And people say, well, that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Well, it, it was interesting because I was listening to another station this morning, and the AFL-CIO actually took out an ad touting how wonderful it's going to be that by 2030, we're going to be completely on wind and solar. So they're backing it, and they're planning on it really happening, and they're touting how it's going to create all these green, wonderful jobs. Of course, it won't work, and the battery backup that they plan to have is completely inadequate. It doesn't cover the state and all that, but just the idea that, well, it's not going to happen. Well, apparently it's gone mainstream. They're actually advertising the fact on open radio, and they've got unions backing it up. So here it comes, baby. <laughs> That's true. And, uh, you know, that you've got, you know, it, it's interesting. It's a it's a uh, highly backed union project because it'll, 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 quote, unquote, create jobs just like, this new uh, plan for the Superman building is uh, is also a very uh, union-backed um, proposal, so it really bears watching to see what will happen with this. I don't believe that we can get all of our uh, electricity from renewables by 2030. I think it is way more of a... Uh, of an unreachable goal. I think it's kind of ridiculous, actually. But look, I mean, these are the decisions that are made by the people that are there. And I will say this over and over. If you don't like the decisions that are being made by the people that are there, then tr- make sure that you try to get there so that you can be the one helping to make the decisions. I have tried. I, I actually, I can say I've actually tried. I tried like four, 40 years. I tried running and I didn't get there. Um, but as an electronic technician who is professional, who deals with electricity, I'll tell you right now, it's not going to work. And the plan is deeply flawed that I read. Um, there might be some changes to it, maybe, but just the battery backup, the, the amount 
of battery that it would take to really have a backup that would last a week is just it's just not going to work. I mean, they really would be better with advanced nuclear. Um, I agree with that. Listen, I get a lot of calls, I, and I thank you for your uh, your contribution. Have a great day. Happy Easter. Have a great day. Happy Bye -bye. Easter. Good morning. Welcome to the Upfront Show. Good morning, John. How are you? Good morning. John, I'd like to, uh, on this uh, uh, holy time, I'd like to quote one scripture from 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. Go right ahead. Uh, Jesus Christ is our Passover for one and all times. John, uh, they are setting economic nets, political landmines, religious deceptions, and educational brainwashing to change this Christian nation, to change this Christian nation's way of life into what is left of America, to a global United States and its world courts. Um, we are going into the new world order, John whether we like it or not. And there is no escape except one. And they hung him on the cross. Well, I think uh, definitely what you're seeing in society right now is, is, is something that none of us ever could have expected. However, I'm hopeful that we're going to get, we're, we're slow, but we're going to get to November of 2022. And I think that hopefully we will... Um, We'll have a backstop against some of the stuff that's going on. And I think that, you know, what, Americans are a resilient society. And I think that there's always the undercurrent of the silent majority. And I think that the silent majority is going to speak up and say enough. Because the very vocal minority has done massive damage to this nation. And enough is enough. Hey, listen, i got to take a break. And I thank you for the call. Have a blessed Easter. All to you and yours. Jack. Thank you. Bye-bye. When we come back, I want to talk about some of the things that are being proposed down at the General Assembly. Talk about United States of America President Joe Biden and whether or not he's really all there. And I think you know what the answer is to that one and a bunch of other topics. Of course, we always have more to talk about and not enough time, but we're going to try like hell to get through these topics. So you, you stay put and we'll be right back with the upfront show. My name is John Brand here on this beautiful Friday morning on 1380 AM and 99.9 .9 FM WNRI. Champs Liquors for Keyway. 481 Clinton Street, Woonsocket, still featuring flip-flop wines. A California winery that has crafted a variety of wines that are fun, fruit-flavored, with amazing taste. Listen to what we have. Two bottles of flip-flop wine for $10, including Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, Pink Moscato, regular Moscato, Chardonnay, and Pinot Grigio. Again, two bottles for $10, mix and match. And our newest wine edition comes from Italy. Check out the Stella Rosa collection. It's a semi-sweet wine offered in a variety of tastes including peach, blackberry, blueberry watermelon, and green apple to mention a few, and affordably priced at $11.99 or $12.99. Goes well with a wide range of appetizers, entrees, and desserts. And yes, we continue the best price in town on Bud or Bud Light, 30-pack, $26.47 plus tax. We're open daily, 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. For a great selection of beer and wine and spirits. You can count on Champs Liquors, 481 Clinton Street.
The go-to place for authentic Italian dining is Savini's Pomodoro Italian Kitchen and Bar. Over 20 Italian dishes made to order from our menu or experience our Sicilian-style pizza. Build your own while you choose from your veggies, meats, and cheeses. And, of course, our traditional family-style chicken dinner is offered every day. Savini's Pomodoro on Rathbun Street with affordable accommodations for weddings, birthdays, anniversaries, and business meetings. Close Mondays open Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 4, Friday, Saturdays, and Sundays at noon. For reservations, call 762-5114. That's 762-5114. Savini's Pomodoro Italian Kitchen and Bar, 476 Rathbun Street, Woonsocket. Inviting you to join us at our family-owned businesses, Savini's or Ciro's. Perfect for any event. Soup and salad bar now available, and Papa Savini's famous roasted chicken and noodle soup, also available by the 32-ounce jar to take home at Savini's Pomodoro. You know, if you've been paying attention, you'll certainly observe that the housing market is changing. And interest rates are definitely on the rise. If you are serious about selling your house or buying a new home, don't hesitate. Call Marge Jacob today. Marge is a broker with REMAX Town & Country. She has 47 years experience in real estate. Marge knows the market. Call Marge Jacob today at 529-0831 and know She'll return your call promptly. Don't wait. Call Marge today. 529-0831. Marge Jacob, broker, 47 years experience, and always there for you. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. And we're back with the panel of one here on this good Friday morning. This is John Brian with you for the remainder of the Upfront Radio Show, right up until the 9 o'clock hour. The Senate Judiciary Committee in Providence, they voted a bill out this week on Tuesday. 8-2. to 8-4, 2 against. Called the Let Rhode Island Vote Act. Of course, it's called Let Rhode Island Vote Act. All bills that stink always have happy names, right? Well, it does make some changes to our election laws. But here's the methodology that they're using. Well, it worked in the pandemic, so we should do it all the time. And so that, like, first of all, the logic that says... Well, something worked during a once-in-a-lifetime event, so we should normalize it. Goes to show you that people aren't thinking. However, let me go through some of the things that the Let Rhode Island Vote Act is going to include. It repeals mail ballot witnesses or notary requirement. No notary, no witnesses, mail ballots. There you go. It allows for no-excuse voting by mail. It allows for online applications for mail ballots. It automatically sends out mail ballot applications to nursing home residents. It codifies pandemic mail ballot drop box requirements. So those mail ballot drop boxes are going to be there forever. Look, it goes on and on, okay? This is a bill that they say is meant to let everybody vote. Just let them all vote. But what this is, this is a total end around the voter ID requirement in the state of Rhode Island, this is, a, this is a, 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 a bill meant to destabilize the security of our elections. This is a bill that will create early voting. This is a bill 
that is meant to help incumbents. And in Rhode Island, we have a Democrat supermajority in both the House and the Senate. And this helps to keep them there. This is not a bill that's positive for people who want to join or attempt to join the General Assembly. This is meant to keep the people who are there, there. This is meant to keep elections insecure, no matter what they tell you. And here's where we are. I know Brian Newberry in North Smithfield, rep, he's going to vote against it. I know Senator Jessica De La Cruz in North Smithfield, she's going to vote against it. Here in Woonsocket, we've got three reps. We've got Lima, Casey, and Phillips. I don't know how they're going to vote when it hits the House. But I sure as hell hope that they vote against. But it's going to go to the Senate first. And it's going to go to the Senate because it passed the Judiciary Committee. And nothing comes out of committee if the vote isn't already rigged to make sure that it passes on the floor. I don't know what Senator Roger Pickard is going to do, but I implore Senator Roger Pickard to vote against this. And if you live in Cumberland or you live in Woonsocket and you are part of Senator Roger Pickard's district, you got to contact them and you got to tell them you're against the Let Rhode Island Vote Act. Now, we've got another senator here in Woonsocket and North Smithfield, Melissa Murray, lost cause, lost cause. She's fully promoting this on her Twitter. It doesn't matter what you tell her. It doesn't matter what the constituents say. It doesn't matter if a thousand constituents contacted her and said, I don't want this. She's going to vote for it no matter what. And that's the sad part. It's about personal ideology. It's not about what the district wants. So you can go ahead and try, and I encourage you to try. But we know we've got one senator voting for this lousy bill. And I hope we don't have two. So that's what's going on down in Providence right now. Bills are being passed to ensure that the people that are there stay there. And it's really, really sad. I encourage you, if you don't want this legislation, I encourage you to know who your representative is. I encourage you to contact them. And if you don't like the way they vote, I completely encourage you to run against them. You only get the government you deserve. And that's if you decide to be a part of it. So if you don't like how things are going on the school committee level, you don't like how things are going on the city council level, you don't like how things are going on the rep, House of Representatives or Rhode Island State Senate level, then run. Run. Because that's the only way we're going to turn things around. Now, switching gears for a moment. I saw a report yesterday in the New York Post that said Democrats fear Senator Dianne Feinstein no longer mentally fit. So Dianne Feinstein no longer mentally fit. That's what they're afraid of. Have they taken a look at the guy in the White House lately? I mean, seriously, have they taken a look at this guy? Yesterday, after Biden finished his speech, he had a speech yesterday. And you can see this. You can go and watch the clips. This is not John making this up. 
After Biden finished his speech yesterday, he turned around, okay, and tried to shake hands with the thin air. He turned around to shake hands with someone that absolutely wasn't even there. And then he just wandered around looking confused. There was an older movie called Being There, and it uh, starred Peter Sellers. And Joe Biden really reminds me of, uh, of the character from Being There, played by Peter Sellers. He just, the way he just has these looks in the distance, the way he doesn't know what's going on. I am convinced that they give this guy a lot of drugs to hop him up, to get him stimulated, to keep him focused. And then he'll go out, he'll read his teleprompter stuff. He won't take questions because he's told he can't take questions. And then they whisk him away and they put him to bed. Team Obama is running the third term of the Obama presidency under the guise of Joe Biden. You just got to check out the video, okay? But here's the reality. People are noticing Biden's approval in a new Quinnipiac poll as of today is at 33%. 33%. So, that's encouraging that 60%, 67% of those polls realize that the country is going down the tubes with this guy and whoever else is with him. Whoever is really running the country. And by the way, you see where the country is now? This is not an accident. They're doing this on purpose. All right? This isn't just like... You're paying the amount of you're paying for gas and natural gas and oil on purpose. They're doing this on purpose. And they're blaming. Inflation is where it is on purpose. But then they turn around and they call it the Putin price hike. That is such garbage. And if you fall for that, we need to have, we need to have a discussion today. Forthwith. To get you deprogrammed. But I can say this. The Biden-Harris presidency is a, core, is a complete and total polling nightmare for Democrats. That will take them decades to recover from. These people are not coming back. They're not. They are not coming back. One of the things that... I doomed President Trump. One of the things that, that President Trump couldn't overcome, and if he had had this particular group of voters, he may, be, he may have been able in one or two states to buttress the rampant voter fraud that occurred during the 2020 elections. But what he did was he lost suburban moms. And he lost suburban moms, and I think that they realize their mistake now. He lost suburban moms because of his personality. Because people don't like the mean tweets. People don't like his smartassiness. People don't like the way that he is. Everyone likes Obama because, oh, Obama was such a nice guy. I mean, he was such a nice guy. He was so, he was so eloquent. But Trump wasn't a politician. And he lost suburban moms. But let me tell you something. Suburban moms are coming back in droves now because they see what's happening and what they're trying to indoctrinate kids with in, in, in schools these days. 
and they don't want it. And there's rebellion happening on every level of government, and there ought to be. For various reasons, by the way. Right over here in Foxborough, Foxborough, Mass., Patriot lineman great Matt Light is running for school committee. And he's running for school committee because of the policies that were put in place during COVID. Because of the restrictions that were placed on one of his children. And one of his children has some serious health issues. And what they did and made his child go through in that district. And they're going at him like there's no tomorrow. But that's because he wants change. So Joe Biden is cratering, and it's incredible. But let me go one further. All they do is lie. They just lie. They lie constantly, and they hate you, and they have contempt for you. One thing about President Trump, he loved it. He loved going out and, and taking the press on. He loved calling out the press. Because the way the press works is they fawned over Obama for eight years. Fawned over Hillary Clinton as a candidate. And just hated Donald Trump. And now why did they hate Donald Trump? For so many reasons. They hate Donald Trump because he exposed their lies. They hate Donald Trump because he takes on China. They hate Donald Trump because he wants a secure border. They hate Donald Trump because he wants energy independence. They hate Donald Trump because he doesn't worship at the cult, the cult of environmentalism. They hate Donald Trump because he doesn't buy into this whole thing of equity and diversity and inclusion. This whole idea of Black Lives Matter, which, by the way, is unbelievable. If you haven't seen the scam of the of the money that was donated to Black Lives Matter and, and, and how they rail against, you know, capitalism, but they go out and they buy these $6 million mansions for themselves and they say, well, it's racist and it's triggering to have to fill out the paperwork for a 501c3. That, that's, that's too much. That's racist. That, that, that's, we shouldn't have to do that. These people are insane, and if you support them, you're insane. But the White House, you know, you look, you go back at White House press secretaries. Sarah, uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, who's now running for governor of, Ari of uh, Arkansas, like her dad, was, Mike Huckabee was the governor of Arkansas. Kaylee McElhaney. I mean, these people took on the press because the press is so implicitly biased. The, the press is so full of people that won't ask hard questions of Democrats and just constantly lie about Republicans. And Jen Psaki, the White House press secretary now, is the biggest. She is, I call her Baghdad Bob of the United States. She's the biggest liar presenter of false information, of propaganda. Well, interestingly enough, she's the press secretary and she signed an, uh, an MSNBC hosting deal while still at her job and is doing a media tour to get ready for her show. And zero journalists have a problem with this. They don't call her out at all. Imagine Kaylee McElhaney did that. There would be wailing and gnashing of teeth. But it's Jen Psaki, so it's okay. So if you ever watch the White House press, uh, the White House 
press question and answers, you'll see there's basically one person that asks questions. It's Peter Ducey of Fox News. It's basically one person that asks tough questions of the administration. Because they're all too busy drooling and drinking each other's bathwater while they're there. Just living in their echo chamber of lies. Jen Psaki has asked, if Peter Ducey is a stupid son of a bitch, or does he just play one on TV? And her answer, he works for a network that provides people with questions that, nothing personal to any individual, including Peter Ducey, but might make anyone sound like a stupid son of a bitch. You see what that says? They hate you. They hate you. They expect you to just digest their pablum, listen to what they say, be a good, dutiful citizen, and vote their way. And mommy government will take care of you. These people are absolutely and unequivocally detestable. Good morning and welcome to the Upfront Show. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Can I make a couple comments? I would enjoy it if you would make a couple comments. Thank you so much. Um, first of all, I'd like to say that one of the biggest concerns I have, and I think everyone should have, about this upcoming election, midterm election, is the security of the election. Because we know there was so much fraud in the last election that it's, I believe Stalin said this, it's not the person who votes who's the problem, who wins. It's the person who counts the votes. Correct. Correct. And that has been, that is, that, that phrase has been echoed by politicians in Washington. Yeah. And, and, and the reality, and the reality is that's completely right. So, you know, we have a serious issue facing us and you know, if we can't trust the security of our electoral process, then we don't have much hope as a country because that's our voice. That's the way we are supposed to um, have a peaceable transition of power. So I'm very concerned about that. And the other thing I'm very concerned about, and this is nothing new, is the fact that our representatives and senators seem to completely ignore that which their um, constituency wants to say, whether it's on the state level or whether it's on the national level. Well, I can speak to from experience on the state level. The way that works is the way that works is they're good little boys and girls. So they go down there and they have to do what they're told to do, because if they don't do what they're not, you know, if they don't do what they're told to do, then maybe they don't get their bill passed and maybe they don't get that check for $500 for the Little League or whatever it is that they want to show up and have their little political display. And what they do is they sell out the rest of Rhode Island for their own political interest rather than just say no. This is a lousy bill, and I'm not voting for it. And do what you want. Like, if you want to punish me, punish me. But I'm, I'm going to be a legislator of principle. That doesn't happen, and that's the problem. And that's whether it's in Providence or D.C. It's all right. about me. It's all about money. It's all about power, wealth, position, incumbency. It's disgusting. Yes, it is. Okay, well, I didn't mean to be a downer, but those are the issues I think that are facing us. So thank you very much, and have a good Easter. Thank you everyone. so much. Have a blessed thank Easter. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Good morning. Welcome to the Upfront Show. Yeah, good morning, John. 
Oh uh, yeah, was it? Uh, I just not, one of quick I wanted to bring up. I I was very happy to hear that Greg Abbott had a couple busloads of illegals to the, to Washington D.C. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, and I wanted to bring that up as well during the. Of course, I've, I never have enough time, but yes, uh, he sent a bus of uh, migrants from Texas, the Texas border, to Washington, D.C. And actually, as of yesterday, he sent a second bus of migrants that were dropped off, or I should say illegal aliens, not migrants, a second bus of illegal aliens near the U.S. Capitol in Washington, D.C. So I love that. And here's what I think ought to happen. I think they ought to send them to Martha's Vineyard. I think they ought to send them Every, I think they ought to send them to all the Tony communities where the liberal Democrats live or take their holidays where they can sit there and be in their enclaves and they can be behind their gated walls with their security guards. I think they should send them there because I think there's a practical reality because all they want to do is send them to the urban centers and try to flip this country. They, they don't care about this country. They care about themselves. Well, I also think they should also be shipping them all to Delaware too. I think that's a I think that's a great idea as well. Yeah, they should drop them right 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 across the street from the Biden household. You know, Tucker Carlson had a great idea to where to send them all. The only thing that I disagreed with him on was Block Island. I don't want them to be sent to Block Island because I'm a little uh, I'm, I'm a little parochial about Block Island. So leave leave Block Island alone, but definitely send them out to Massachusetts, to the Cape, to uh, to, Ma to Martha's Vineyard, to Nantucket. Send them over there. That's fine with me. And also to send them across the street from where Nancy Pelosi lives. Yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. Hey, listen, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Have a great day. Thanks, yeah. Bye bye. You too. All right, we're going to go to break. When we come back, we got a few more topics to take care of, especially this Elon Musk thing. This is a really, I mean, this is a beautiful day in America, I have to tell you. Before I take my break, though, I have been blessed. I am lucky. I get a, uh, you know, Larry talks about his weekly uh, email from Sandra France. Well, John gets one now, too, on Friday morning, so John's a pretty lucky guy. Uh, Friday morning email. Good morning, John. Sorry, Jessica D is dropping out. Sadly, it seems to be all about the money. I give her credit for giving her support to Alan Fung and give him credit for being persistent. Regarding Tulsi Gabbard, she won me over when she took on Joy Bahar from The View to task. Uh, uh, wishing everyone a blessed and safe Easter from our friend of the show, Sandra France. Thank you, Sandra. Appreciate that. When we come back, we're going to talk a little Elon Musk. I hope you know what's going on there. If you don't, I'll tell you a little bit about it and why the heads of liberals are literally exploding and all of their hair is on fire. This is John Brian on the Friday version of the Upfront Radio Show here on 1380 AM, 99.9 .9 FM, WNRI. Enjoyable dining, all your favorite pickup order to go from Grumpy's Restaurant in Bellingham. Open seven days a week with a great luncheon menu starting at just $5.99. And a little full menu from burgers to steaks to seafood and great Italian dishes including tasty pizzas. One of the best menus in the area. Hungry today or tonight? Well, come on in and enjoy friendly service, reasonable prices, and great food at Grumpy's. Call ahead for pickup order or place a reservation to dine in at 508 883-0101 Grumpy's 190 Pulaski Boulevard in Bellingham Grubhub delivery available 
Taylor Kosher, your accounting, financial planning, tax preparation, and business consulting services of Woonsocket and Warwick, 600 Cass Avenue, Woonsocket, Jefferson Boulevard, and Warwick. Call us locally at 766-8100. Remember, outside of the tax season, we do planning for business, individuals, and families. We're Kayer Kosher. We're certified public accountants. Again, our local number, 766-8100. And remember, having Kayer Kosher to consult with on your personal financial situation is like having all the right answers. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. And let's get back to the panel here because we have just a few minutes left to the show. And I want to talk about Twitter. So, I don't know if you use Twitter. If you do, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't, well, you're not really missing much. But it is a really awesome place to uh, to see what people are thinking. And Elon Musk. Elon Musk, the incredibly rich guy that owns Tesla, SpaceX. I think he's like one of the richest guys in the world, And as a matter of fact. Well, he put down a cash offer. Like, I always get surprised when people buy, like, oh, well, I'm going to buy this house for cash. And, like, they, they put down, you know, a cash offer for a house. You see it, like, you know, I read the New York Post on Sundays, and you see these, you know, apartments for $21 million. And, and I'm like, who's buying this stuff? Well, must put down a cash offer, cash, of Twitter for $43 billion. Buying 10 point, after, after he bought 10.8%, uh, I believe, of their stock. He rejected a place on their board of directors, and then he made the offer. Now, why did he do that? He did that because he wants free speech. Because what does Twitter do? Twitter takes off dissenting speech. Twitter takes off anything that exposes the left. Twitter takes off anything that tells you the truth about what's really going on. Twitter has accounts from the Taliban and the Chinese Communist government and the Russian government, but they don't have the 40 they, they don't allow the 45th president of the United States of America. And liberals at that point when they banned Donald Trump said, well, if you don't like it, Twitter's a private company. They don't have to allow him on. You can start your own social media company. And they were fine with that. It's a private company. They can do what they want. So Musk turns around and says, I'll buy the whole damn thing. And I'll, I'll, I'll let everybody on, on Twitter and, and allow free speech. Yesterday's heads were on fire with the liberals. How could they do that? This is the end of the world. This is the end of, of discourse. Elon Musk can't do this. This is fascism. This is, so, like, they say one thing, and because they don't think anyone actually has the chops to turn around and do it. And then he, does, he turns around and does it. And they're going crazy. And it's only people on the left that are afraid. It's only people on the left. I mean, people, people who are free speech advocates. And I got to tell you, check out Tulsi Gabbard on, it's at Tulsi Gabbard on Twitter. Check her out. Or you can go to my Twitter, at John D. Brian one And I retweet or I like her stuff all the time. So you can check if, it, if it's easier to find. But here's the thing. The Washington Post, which is owned by Jeff Bezos, who owns Amazon, was complaining that rich people shouldn't own media outlets. 
Jeff Bezos bought the Washington Post for $250 million. He's worth $156 billion, but they think that's okay. John Henry, who owns the Red Sox, bought the Boston Globe for $70 million. I could go on and on. I have a list here of millionaires, of billionaires rather, who bought media outlets like the Globe, the Las Vegas Review Journal, the Atlantic, the Los Angeles Times, Time Magazine. Billionaires that bought these media outlets. No one said anything. But Elon Musk turns around. It's funny how these concerns about billionaires buying the media were never raised until one of them started calling for free speech. The whining is so hilarious and so predictable, and it's only going to convince Elon Musk's conviction. Look, I'll leave you with this. If my hunch is correct, Elon Musk is poised to expose the well-kept secret that most social media platforms are operating on U.S. government tech infrastructure. An indirect subsidy from the United States government the U.S. technology system that assembled the massive system of connected databases and server networks is operating infrastructure that offsets the cost of Twitter and Facebook to run their own servers and database. And the backbone of Twitter and Facebook is the United States government. There is simply no way that the fourth branch of government, which is United States intelligence, is going to permit that discovery. So they're going to block this guy and do everything. You watch. They're going to come after him. The SEC. They're going to try to make up stories about him. Next thing, he's going to be a racist, this, that, and the other. Who the hell knows? But I'll leave you with this. Why are suburban women turning away? Suburban moms turning away from the Democrat Party and coming back to the Republican Party? Well, there's a video from New Jersey Public Schools. A lesson plan for fifth graders. The video depicts masturbation and it promotes puberty blockers. It promotes kids. If you feel different, you should take puberty blockers and transition to another sex. Wouldn't it be enough for teachers to publicly stand and denounce this as a violation of professional ethics? You know, it's amazing. It's amazing what they're doing and this week down in Providence, state legislator Patricia Morgan tried to put forth a bill saying, just like Florida, no sexual orientation or gender identity in K through three. And they called it the don't say gay bill. They said it was hate. They said they tried to do another bill. No, no male, biological males and female sports. Oh, transphobe. Look, these people are crazy. These people are crazy. So pay attention, and I'm going to bring this stuff forward as we continue towards election season. Because you got to get involved, you got to vote, you got to know the issues. I'm going to leave you with this with my final thoughts. Good Friday is a solemn day. It's a day of sacrifice, the ultimate sacrifice. By Jesus Christ for all of our sins. Going through the pains of man... To save mankind. But Sunday is the blessed of all days. The resurrection. It's a beautiful day of rebirth. So think about that. Think about how you want to live your life. How you want to be with your family. What's important. What's not important. 
Shed the nonsense. Live a virtuous life. Be generous. Be kind. Love your fellow man. Hey, God bless. Happy Easter. Thanks to WNRI for having me. Thanks for listening. And I can't wait to talk to you again. Talk soon. This has been WNRI's Upfront. Presented weekday mornings at 8 a.m. Upfront is a regular public affairs presentation of News Talk 1380 WNRI Woonsocket.